0: Well, hey everyone, welcome to episode 264 of F-Stop Collaborate and Listen with your host, Matt Payne. This week on the podcast, I was joined by a photographer living in Germany, Holger Mischka. Holger and I had what I would like to call a wide-ranging fireside chat that touched on a lot of topics, including his ideas for combining music, photography, and writing and how he presents and shows off his work. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Before we get started, I wanted to let you know that I do have a limited supply of podcast t-shirts available for purchase, ranging in size medium to double XL. If you'd like one, please check out the link in the show notes. I also wanted to thank Alfredo Mora for his pledge over on Patreon. I really do appreciate you supporting the show financially, my friend. If you too would like to support the podcast to keep it running, please visit patreon.com forward slash f-stop and listen or visit the link in the sh- show notes. It really does help a lot. Thank you. Okay, let's get to the show. All right. Holger Mishka, it's great to have you on the podcast. Thanks,
1: man. Great uh, for you for having me, and I'm so excited to be here. Awesome,
0: yeah. It's it's great to meet someone I've never talked to before, and the, sometimes that makes the podcast so much more interesting because it's like it's having someone sit down next to you at the bar and you just get to know them. Yeah. So it's it's fun. It is. It's, it's, I mean, I
1: haven't been in the bar for ages due to the yeah. pandemic thing, but it's yeah, it's, it's like that. And it, it's good to know that we have common ground. That we're talking about something we love and we were like very passionate about. So that's it's all good. It starts there. It's all good.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, for people that aren't familiar with you, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, like you said, my name is Holger Mischke, Just to say it right for once. <laughs> And I'm from Germany, uh, Western Germany, that is. I'm like 20 miles off the, the Dutch border, if that means anything to anybody. I'm like 45 minutes from Cologne. Cologne is probably something that, that everybody knows more or less, even if not know it very geographically. Um, I, I am a photographer. I'm proud to say that, but I'm not a full-time uh, photographer. It doesn't pay any bills because everybody knows how hard it is to sell prints these days and have these discussions about, why is this one 200 and the one at IKEA is only 20? But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's what it is. You hear that all the time, and um, so I'm. What pays my bills is I'm taking care of mental, uh, mentally handicapped people. Like half, to, uh, part. It's a part-time job. I do twenty hours a week. That pays the bills, good enough. Uh, and I've been doing photography ever since uh, I worked for half a year in Ireland, and uh, that was like I think eight years ago or something, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I got hooked on black and white digital photography, and even more so, I got hooked on this this whole mindset and and uh, thought process behind it, the philosophy, and how it all interacts with your evolution as a as a as a human being, as a person. <clears throat> so that's probably what we we're going to talk about most. And uh, I don't have kids because I've been I've been traveling for the better part of my life, and, and that was when you usually settle down and get a family started, which I didn't. Uh, but uh, I, I got a wife, and uh, we have a dog, and it's, it's not like a replacement for kids. But it, she keeps us busy enough, I guess.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, you you might not know this since you don't listen to the podcast a lot, but uh, I've got my master's degree in clinical psychology, and I've definitely spent a lot of time doing a, probably a lot of the same type of work that you you do. Oh, okay, yeah, right, so we've got that in common.
1: It's we. Uh, oh we we uh, i'm i'm pretty sure we find a lot more to have in common not only because you you uh have this background but the uh, the whole thing I, I read about what you said about uh in social media and on your website about uh photography and then your connection to this what was this nature photographers network is it yeah so there were some things also that that attracted me through this whole thing so yeah i think we'll we'll have a good time right now
0: yeah good deal I'm curious. Uh, we didn't really touch on this at all, but your your work in the mental health field. I'm curious. Does that have any influence on your approach to photography at all? Um, as
1: like I said, I, I think that one of we were getting right into it <laughs> is one of my 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 basic ideas about this whole thing about photography is that I think everything is interconnected. Everything dovetails into everything else. Meaning. Uh, my evolution as a human being, as a person, uh, and my s- evolution as a photographer slash artist, and I hate that word because I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. But all this, it's so inter- uh, intertwined that uh, uh, I-, I can't think of the one without thinking about the other. And this, this mental health thing, it, it was for me, it's, it was interesting because I've been, well, I wouldn't say suffering, but I've experienced uh, depression and anxiety for the better part of my life. So I'm, I'm dealing with that all the time. And in a way, this, this whole dealing with, uh, uh, uh th- these people and to help them is, it, it's, it's like therapy really. Cause I'm often when I talk to them and they have problems and I'm, I'm trying to, to help them with their problems, it feels like I'm talking to myself because I'm giving them advice that somebody could give me as well. So it really helps me out To It's like, it's like when you're teaching, when I was teaching guitar students, uh, which I've been doing off and on for, for like 30 years or something. Uh, it's interesting to see that, and that's the same with uh, photography workshops, these beginners, they come with these basic questions, and you're like, I haven't thought about that for ages. At all. <laughs> Let me go back to the drawing board and, and re-evaluate, and, and then I come back and answer your question. And it's the same thing. You, they, they keep you on your toes. They, they, they make you think about stuff that you thought like you've been through and you wouldn't have to deal with anymore, but you have to, because you have to reevaluate your whole thing, your whole life, your whole uh creation process, and then you you do that all the time. I do that all the time at least it's 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 that's one of the things uh like we said this before this is not gonna be a com- uh, not gonna be a classroom situation. I'm not sitting here teaching people like I have something I've worked out and it's 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 it totally makes sense and it, uh, if you only adapt that then you will be a better photographer a better person that that's that's not the case that's not what it is It's just I have ideas and if you can you, you can disagree with everything I say, but if you, if you do that, then it means you have an opinion of your uh, of your own, and that's a good thing. And then you realize that, and that that also gets you somewhere. <laughs> see, when- we're
0: gonna we're gonna have to put that disclaimer on like the front end of every episode from now uh... on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, it's. Oh man, it's, 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 see when you get me started about this thing because it's so so dear to my heart. i I'm, It's not like babbling. <laughs> It's weird. You could just turn on the switch. You just, just go away and have a coffee or something. I'd be talking for an hour about this. There's no problem, I guess. But, yeah, it's it's the, the main thing is really about, uh, and th- that was another part that, that came into my life with this dealing with the anxiety and all that, is mindfulness. Because mindfulness is something, and I thought I realized that, too. If you're a photographer, you got that built in, if you want it or not, if you realize it or not. It doesn't matter. Because you're running around in nature, and you, you running around with open eyes and an open mind and an open heart to, to find something that captures you. You're not capturing an image. You're not taking an image. That image takes you. So, But it only does that if you're open. So mindfulness is a thing. Even if you're not a spiritual person, uh, if you want to be a photographer, you better have that.
0: I agree. Uh, I think it comes more easily to some than others.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that's yes yeah, it's, it's maybe it's easier but the to, to make the beginning the 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 whole concept of of uh, how you could develop your photography by developing yourself and that's something that james ell said, said if you want to make more interesting pictures be a more interesting person that's it's really it's basically it's it's absolutely simple concept of just do everything that you do mindful and be aware of what you're doing and reevaluate what you're doing not just think oh i've arrived i'm like 50 I'm. I always have to calculate that because I'm never up to date on my age. I think I'm 54. I think that yeah, yeah I'll be 55 this year in October or something. But I can't say like I'm 54 and uh, I've been thinking about that enough and and uh, so I've, I've I think I found out everything there is to it. it. Never stops. And you have even if you're 60 or 70, <clears throat> and you, even if you're supposed to be wiser than the younger ones, it's still. You need to be open. And you, you can, that's a fun part that I found with um, older jazz guitar players like Jim Hall or Kenny Burrell. They've been 80 or something, and they they were still like, I'm practicing every day, and I feel like I don't know anything.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you do this, but uh, I've recently been going through and re-editing some of my older photos. And there's I've been coming across a lot of stuff that I really like that I never touched you know, and it's maybe I didn't touch it because I didn't see it back then, or I didn't feel like I understood how to properly edit it, or whatever. But it's um, I love that about photography that it's a constant learning, a constant evolution of yourself, a constant. You feel like you're growing as a person every time you go out and make new images. So I, I love that. Oh,
1: it, it it totally, totally feels like that because um, it maybe it's not the I'm not sure. I mean, some of this some of this uh, uh is developing. Sometimes it's like when, when I have a talk like this, even, not even a published thing, but with a friend or something or with a group of friends that I'm having, uh it's like, we're thinking out loud. It's not like, it might be that while you're talking, while you're forming that sentence, you think like, yeah, that could go somewhere else. And you are just taking a new step on that day. You just realize while you're talking something else. And that constantly happens. You're, you're, always re-evaluating re- uh, re- uh, what you feel, what you see, what you hear, uh, uh, how you react to things. And this, I totally get you with the re-editing of images. I'm going through my catalog like, I don't know. Sometimes it happens to them that I'm thinking, oh, that vacation like a year ago in France. I remember there was some of these things. and And, and you go back and you look at the image and you thought like, like when I when I'm culling the images, I just give them. It's, I just use one star. It's like either it's interesting or it's not. Forget it. I'm not doing one, two, three, four, five. I'm just doing black or white. <clears throat> and uh, so when I when I when I see an image, it's, it's sometimes it's so amazing that that I look at the image and I think like, that one doesn't have a star. How did that happen? Or sometimes it has a star. I'm thinking, but it's crap. Really, what was Yeah, it? Yeah. Exactly. So In that's totally another another proof of this this whole thing of you're developing as a person. And, of course, you come back two years later, you look at the image and think, like, with what I know now, not only do I uh, value it differently, you think, like, now I'm thinking, oh, that, that could be pretty cool. It's also uh, depends on, now I might know some more things about post-production. I Because, I mean, this whole pre-visualization uh, thing that Ansel Adams was talking about, of course, depends on, you you look at the scene, like when I see that, that, that photo that we have on the background there uh, on the wall, you look at that scene and, and then you think, like, hmm, I know what I can do in Photoshop and Lightroom and I can take it there, I can do this and that with it. But two years previous, you, you might not even have, that, uh, have had that knowledge and you wouldn't know what to do with that thing. And now you have. And now you're a different person. You look at it differently.
0: Yeah, exactly. <coughs> well, earlier you... Um... You alluded to the fact that you're also a musician, and so I understand you're a jazz guitarist uh, as well. So, can you tell us how musical principles can apply in photography? Uh, it's not. Well,
1: first of all, the jazz guitarist it always sounds good, but again, it doesn't pay any bills the same as <laughs> photography. Because I think I don't know what it is. Maybe it's beautiful things don't sell that good anymore. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to complain too much. It's it's the same as photography. the the um, the the uh, the good thing about it is that you're able to do it, and if you get a gig and you can share that with some other people, that that's cool and that's nice. If it's not gonna pay my bills, well, that's then uh, that's that then. But it's my, my job ain't too bad that I'm having, and the benefit is that I can I can make enough, which also depends of course, on the lifestyle. I can make enough that with twenty hours a week that work. I still have enough time for the rest that I want to be doing and I on money. so but coming back to the jazz music thing there's a lot to be learned from from music and I think even more so improvised music because there's 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 a couple of things and and that's not the the entire list I think that it could go on it it depends really on on the person uh uh listening and the person um uh, each person might might go somewhere else with this First of all, I'm thinking about this. I think you might have heard that quote before from Enzo, because I think it was in one of the last newsletters of this uh, nature photographers thing. Uh, you don't make a photograph just with a camera. You bring to the act of photography all the pictures you have seen, the books you have read, the music you have heard, the people you've loved. And I think, for one thing, that is that is like one of the core sentences, like in, in my belief that that means everything you ever that ever happened you will influence at the point of capture what you're doing and when you're when you po- uh, uh, post-processing also but this he's talking about uh about what he said the pictures you see, so obviously photography the bo- books you've read the literature uh, or prose uh, the music you've heard music and the people you've loved that's emotion so we have all these things in there uh, and he he was a pianist as you Probably know and then mm-hmm. uh, he he was also going uh, uh, on about how you uh, are supposed to have a notepad in your in your camera bag all the time because you need to write things down and that's not only talking about values of, of, of exposure or blah anything like that but about feelings that you have at the moment because you take that bag and when you're in the in the dark room or the, the digital the digital dark room now that you have something to refer to uh, what it was you were feeling when you took that picture. And I think he knew pretty much about these different art forms and how they can can empower uh, the whole experience of that that image. If you connect, and we we'll get to that later about the connection of, of prose and everything. But with jazz, it's like one very good example. I wrote a, um, a a blog post about that that was called "The Dream of the Ultimate Image," and that was uh, Miles Davis said something like, "It's not the notes you play; it's the notes you don't play." So what I think is. How we can apply that to photography is that uh, when we're looking at, I, I had an image um, that it looked like nothing. Really looked really mundane. It was when we were moving into our new house and and we had a bed and on the side of the bed there were some boxes and like various assorted things uh, stacked on there. And and I woke up one morning and I turned turned over and looked at the and I was thinking for some reason I was thinking that's a that's an image. For some reason that's an image. It looks like nothing, but it is. And I took that and, uh, actually, I took the first one with an iPhone and it still looked good enough. And, um, then I was thinking that the, and that's going back now to the Miles Davis phrase that the, the, the objects in the, in the photo, that wasn't causing, uh, an emotional reaction with the, with the viewer. And, and it, it wasn't something about a narrative there. It was more in the, in the, uh, the areas that were not focused, the areas that were dark and that the interaction of these, objects not the objects itself that's where the story comes from that's where the impact comes from and that's what he's saying that of course notes matter and you, you got to put something on you can't just go on a stage and play nothing and say like see it's the notes you don't play <laughs> that doesn't work really you have to have something there but the interaction of all that and the interaction with the viewer or in the case of musical folks the listener that's where it happens so i think there's there's a lot of uh uh of uh, Of thoughts you can have about um when you 're listening to music or you're making music, and the thoughts you have then or the feelings you have then, and it's that's good for all kinds of art forms or all kinds of things you do in life uh you can always try and apply that to to other parts of life, not necessarily just photography but anything that that's in because any any uh anything you get out of this whatever you compare it to whatever you want to apply it to that gets you somewhere. And uh, the good thing is that always when it's, when it's uh, you and you just don't, you're not just taking it from textbooks or something or from YouTube videos that try to try to uh, teach you something. This is completely you. If you compare that or apply some principle or thought and then can I apply this to, to photography? Whatever comes out of that, that is your thought process. And that means uh, that it's very, very individual and that is whatever you, you do with that, that you can later say, nope, that's mine. I didn't copy anyone or something. That's totally mine. And I love that.
0: Yeah. You were talking about how photography doesn't pay the bills and, and (laughs) music doesn't pay the bills. And and, I I think that's, (laughs) that's just the case for a lot of people. Right. And I think, you know, some people get really frustrated by that or whatever, but I always have kind of found it interesting that, and this is more lately. I've noticed this being more of a thing that people are saying, but it's almost like there's this expectation that if something is created it then it therefore has monetary value and I and I I just wish people would I mean I, I get it like you can't be a full-time artist and not monetize it. I totally understand that mm-hmm. but at the same time like I don't necessarily think that monetization should be your very first goal of creating something you know no. at least when it comes to art. You know, if your goal is to make money, then I think the whole point of the art is lost. Yeah. That's me, though.
1: (laughs) No, no, no. I think that that should be everyone. (laughs)
0: That shouldn't
1: be just you. Because, of course, it's the – and I said that before. If you're uh, going into, well, let's call it fine art photography or or what you do, nature photography, which might have more of a market, I guess – but if you go in there and, and, and just for the money, you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. It's like when you, when you asked uh, my, my mentor, Harold Davis, who was my mentor, is not anymore, is, He now is just a friend, he released me into the wild saying like, you're ready. <laughs> um, when, when, he always says like when students ask him, so, so how can I be a professional photographer and how can, can I make a living out of that? He's just said, don't, <laughs> just don't. Uh, cause it's, it's too much of a, it's too much of a hassle. And it's, it's kind of, um, I like the idea when, when, when somebody is a, I don't even like this term. I, there's a couple of terms, terms I don't like, like art or artist and, and professional photographer is one of them. Cause there's no such thing. Uh, maybe if you're commercial, doing commercial and, and, and wedding and stuff, but, but not something that is, is, is like expressing something from your heart. Uh, but if you, you're doing that, Uh, uh, on a a not professional basis, if you don't have to make money to pay your bills doing that, then you're free. You're free to do whatever you want. I would hate it to know that if if I wanted to be uh, uh, paying my bills with photography, that would mean I would have to sell out at some point because I would have to create something that sells and not necessarily what is... Uh, what is what I would like to do or what I would like, uh, what I would think looks good on people's walls. It, it's, it's their opinion that, that comes that there. They are again, uh, emotional response to that image. And that is something that I'd rather strive for than the, the big money is, is that um, I had, I had one when one, I had, I had a little studio that uh, you could walk in from the street and I don't have that anymore. <laughs> but At the time that there was a, one day, a lady walked in and she looked around at the images and, Stood in front of one for, I don't know, half an hour or something. And then she came to me and said, like, I don't know what it is. And she didn't buy it. <laughs> but still, she was like, I don't know what it is. I've never been to that place that was uh, uh, on, on, the, on that picture. But it touched something. And, and that's why I was standing there for half an hour because I wanted to find out. But I still don't know. But still, you touched me. And that is something. I would, I would work for free for that any day. Because that is really what you want to do. You you want to have this, this emotional response, as a response and even more so if they are there and they can actually tell you and you can interact with them. Because uh, it's such a great feeling that you are able to produce something that people react to by saying more than, oh, that's beautiful. It should be more than that. If they really have, uh, I mean, we'll get to that when we talk about how I write prose for, for the images because that is very much down this road.
0: Yeah, I just, um, the other day I saw... I think it was yesterday I saw a tweet from somebody and it was, I'm going to butcher this, but it was basically artists have to be paid so they can continue to create more work. That's, That's not true. I mean, you don't have to make money to create art. Yeah. I think it gets thrown around too much. Like, uh, oh, I deserve to make money because what I create, because I created something and it doesn't even matter if it's good or not. Just like I created something, therefore it has value. And it's like, Mm, it might be aesthetically pleasing, but it doesn't mean it's worth money, right? Money, like paying for something, and especially in art, it's kind of a made up marketplace in some ways. I mean, I say this as somebody who sells prints, but to me, it's like, I don't think we should go into this with the expectation that we have to make money or else we can't create work. I think that's just such a strange thought process, but I'd be happy for someone to write to me and say, why I'm wrong. <laughs> no, it's, uh, um, um,
1: I, I, I totally hate this idea of, of, of somebody. And it, it sounds kind of arrogant when they say like, pay me so I can create more. I, I don't want to work. I, I want to have like, like my, my, my days should just be filled with, uh, filled with the, the glory of creation. And I don't want to do anything else. I mean, look at the impressionists like Monet and Cezanne and all that. They didn't have money and they were, uh, uh, Actually, they, they, they held back on them. They, they had these, these salons uh, you could, you could uh, uh, um, exhibit your, your, your paintings in. And they had this, this one guy, I forgot the name uh, of the guy, but that was like an uh, installed by the government. And he would judge who was to be in the salons. On Earth. So basically meaning he would judge what is art and what is not. You live, you die. Because you don't get paid if, you know, if you're not in that uh, exhibition. And, and, uh, that's the same. They weren't like so, uh, they t- tried year after year to get into these salons and they never got in. And, and they weren't like, so, so I have to give up. No. Cause, and they, and they were, especially Monet, I, I saw this, the, this, a uh, beautiful, uh, documentary from the BBC about the, uh, the impressionists. And Monet was really, he had nothing and he had a wife and a, and a, and a kid to take care of, but he was still doing it. Although he wasn't selling too much, if any. So that's the kind of attitude you should have. There's something you want to do. There's an urge to express yourself. And you haven't found a medium you're passionate about. You can do this. So do it. And don't ask yeah. for money about that.
0: I mean, I don't have any problem with people making money or even lots and lots of money. You know, like, <laughs> that's great. If you can find a way to do it. I just don't think it should be like this expected thing that just happens. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we could probably... Yeah, yeah, that, that could Kick be. That, you, you, that, that discussion isn't new,
1: and this whole discussion about like how should you you prize your uh, your 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 art, whatever that means, or uh, if it's okay that Gorski gets a million for one image that I think like a three year old could do, but that's that discussion never ends. It's like what is <laughs> right. art, and is it art because it's hard to do, or can it be art even though it's easy to do? Count the idea, and you pay for the idea. I don't know.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. The the whole idea of how do you value art, and yeah. it's again, I think it's all a made up construct, but you know. yeah um all right, well, you mentioned earlier, you at least alluded to this that you enjoyed you enjoy writing prose to accompany your images oh, yeah. um I'm curious why you do this, and how does it round out your experience of making photographs
1: um it's I think it started with uh, the, 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 the i Created something. I did pictures, and then uh, it sits there. And you're thinking, well, mm-hmm. I could name it just "Tree on a Beach" or something, and that just didn't sound good enough for me. And I was like, uh, I, I'd rather want something like that sounds like a movie title or something, or, or like a song title, something like that. That's just more. It does. It says something, or it nudges you in, in in the direction that i that I think that that this this thing feels like. And then I started because I thought that still wasn't good enough. I started writing like little things, just two or three sentences, maybe. And sometimes it was it, you look at the image and you think, "What is he talking about?" That has nothing to do with with what's on the image, and the title doesn't either. And it could be. It's just it, it was a, a thing that either I had that thought uh, when I was taking the image, or uh, when I was uh, post uh, when I do the editing. And I sit there and I have some music on and I'm editing and I have maybe a glass of wine or something and somewhere between capture and the print, it's somewhere there there is the idea and there's something it just pops in my head and I and I, I never I never um, I never thought I would I should judge on that thinking like like I said that if they, if these three sentences or two come up. And I think like that has nothing to do with this image. It isn't talking about anything that's in the image. The whole feel is like strange. And why is it there? I don't judge that because I'm thinking again, like, uh, uh, not only that I come like, like Enzo said to this, 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 this act of photography, but also this act of, of my emotional response. And that, that is kind of, uh, an expression of that is that, that text, that prose that I write. Uh, I don't judge that. That's what the kind of person that I am at that moment and whatever happened that made me think of that when I'm looking at that image or when I'm editing that image, I'm not judging it. I'm saying, okay, if that's what I have, then that's what I have. And, uh, the idea was not to, uh, not to explain the image. Of course, if you have to explain your image, then you're in trouble. Then your image is just not good enough. <laughs> there's nothing in it. There's no gesture. There's no meaning, nothing. If you have to, uh, or if you, if you uh, feel the, the, the need to explain it, that's, then maybe then there's not something wrong with you, but with your, your whole relationship to what you're doing and what you're producing, that might be kind of something you want to think about a little bit more if you really feel like I have to explain that. It's like for a comedian who has to explain his own jokes, that would be the worst thing you could think of.
0: Yeah. That's an and, interesting thought. Yeah. And, I, uh, um, and I'm at, so like when you're writing, you're not literally describing what the image is. You're it's no. more about um describing kind of the idea you're trying to convey or or what the image meant to you as the person who created it is that kind of what you're, um, you're doing or no
1: I'm more i'm more of oh that that opens, opens another box <laughs> with a message you, you're conveying because i don't think there is any and never has been but um the thing no the thing is that when when i'm when i'm putting out these these two or three sentences. I'm putting this out, and uh, it's, it's more like an invitation for you looking at the image to say, like, see, this is what I thought. This is what I felt. Now give me your thought. Give me your feeling. So I just turn it on and say, like, I give you something. And it doesn't mean that this is the only thing you will have to think or feel when you look at that image. It's my idea, and I want you to give me something that's not equal, but you know, down the lines that look at that thing as long as you need to. Take it home, hang it on your wall, or just hold it in your hand or whatever. Take it outside, listen to music with it, whatever it takes. And at some point, I want to see you have a reaction to that. I mean, you, you express that because that's what I did when I wrote these three sentences. That's all I want. It's not with the message. I have a problem with this, uh, this thing um, that people say, like, yeah, I want to get this message across in the, in the, in the, in the image because I don't think there is one. It's again, it's the same thing. It's only about the emotional response. That's all it is. And it's not a message. It's not something that I put in words and say, like, if you understand this, then you've understood, uh, understood uh, I have understood my, my image. It's not like that. I'm putting something out because I reacted to it. I was out there and saw it and thought, like, whoa, maybe I didn't really think. I just grabbed the camera and took a picture of it because I thought, that's great. That's, that's change, it, it moves something inside me. And all I really want is not to to get a message across. I mean, there are images that get messages across. Like, I was just thinking the other day, I saw this uh, Vietnam War image of the napalm girl. You remember that? She was running down the road and that. Of course, that conveys somewhere the image, war is awful and horrible and kind of, that's what everybody thinks behind it. But I don't think it's actually, it's not like these words pop up in your head. What pops up in you is a feeling that you look at and think, this is horrible. And why aren't these soldiers in the background? They don't show any, any uh, a passion for this girl. They don't help her. They're just walking behind her. It's, it's, it, everything in this image is, is awful. And dead. and of course, then it gives you that feeling because you know where it was taken and all that. And then you kind of get the message. But it's not like, I don't think the photographer Nick Olt in that case, uh, pointed the camera and that's like, no, I want to convey that war is awful. He just saw that and thought like, oh my God. If he thought at all, he just reacted and took that picture, and sure. that's what you should do. We see something, we get a response, we take an image, and hopefully that can create a, a response in somebody else. And it's not mm-hmm. conveying a message. I don't even believe that so much. For, for you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, like like I said in the beginning, it's it's only all I want to do is is maybe provoke people a little bit and get them to think for themselves and not just look at YouTube tutorials and, and, and read the books and say, like, no, I know everything there is I need to know to take pictures and be a good person or something. No, 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 no. You just uh, find your own thoughts. Find your own from this. If you want to talk to me about this and you think, like, I'm wrong, very good, Jen, just tell me what you think about it. And that's all I want to hear.
0: Yeah. No, I, I like that. I I think all too often, especially in landscape photography, it's, it's about like shock and awe, like how can I get people's minds blown versus conveying some kind of more interesting idea or showcasing an emotion that I felt or whatever. So I think that approach has a lot of value.
1: It, it would be bad, and, and I, I thought we were over that, if it felt like competition. I mean, competition is maybe for commercial photographers, for wedding photographers, that you say, like, look at my work. I'm doing this for five hundred dollars. The other guy, look at his work; he's doing it for four hundred. And then you compare and this competition. But in landscape photography or nature photography, and then where it's more about again, I don't like this thing, but it's art or something. It shouldn't be comparing, or it shouldn't be a competition. In there and then same like, I need to sell more pictures than this guy. That's not what it's about. We can do. We can be. Could be at the at the same uh, spot and take a picture of the the same vista, and still it wouldn't compete because you would be doing something totally different with it than I would do. So we would have something uh, very, very different. And it, it's it's not like, how could our personas compete? Why, why should they? You, people could love your images and still love mine too, and maybe buy both if they're really so inclined to.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. No, I I think there's definitely a danger in trying to compete with other people. Yeah. And yeah. Why
1: would, Why would you need that? Does it make you feel better if you can say like, "I out whatever this guy"?
0: <laughs> I mean, sometimes, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some, sometimes, but not in not in the big not in the big picture. If you are talking about what I don't know, baseball or something, I could totally see that. But it's uh, with, with this, it's like I don't compete with uh, anybody about being a better person than them or something. Yeah. It would be bad if they felt like a worse person than me, but. No, no, that's, there shouldn't be a competition about that, and in, in um, art either.
0: So how are, you, how are you going about combining music and prose and photography at the same time?
1: It's, um, I, I thought about it because it, it, this, this, this combination of, of the, uh, the text and the, the photos. There was something I call two sides now, and it, that goes back to a song by Jonah Mitchell that was called Both Sides Now. And somehow I turned that into two sides. Now whatever I forgot the reason. I should have wrote that down. <laughs> but because uh, this this whole uh, you know that song, no, yeah, check Apple Music for it later. <laughs> it's it's really it's a cool song and the, the lyrics are great and they're they're very much about. Um, but yeah, for me it was about like how I'm confused by life and fascinated too, but for a good part, I'm totally confused by life and what all this is about and what are we doing here? And I will never get it. And, uh, so I'm combining these and that project with two sides now, which is, uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'll have the, 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 the pros on like an extra, uh, extra paper, nicely printed or handwritten. And you'll have the, um, the image uh, uh, printed, of course, because I always print my images. It's this whole thing of uh, I think there's something missing if you don't print it in the end. If you only have it as a digital file, it's it's not a photograph. It just isn't. <laughs> I don't. I can can live with it if I just have it as a file. So I on those and then um, the, the the next idea, and that was kind of laid back because uh, of the pandemic, we couldn't really do what we wanted to. And that, it that would be called three sides now is that you have the music and the whole idea was that uh we would um lock ourselves into a house with like a five-piece jazz band and uh for a weekend and we we'll project the the, the images on a wall and we just sit there in the dark looking at the image and then we have the the text which would be longer because if only have three lines then that's just not good enough we're looking at something. Uh, there's a reason why all these pop songs are like four or five minutes or something. So we're looking at stuff, like five minutes and that means I, I need a short story of like 800,000 words or something like that. If you read that, usually that comes out to like five minutes. So you hear a recording of that text where I'm reading the uh, the story and we're looking at the image and we're improvising to what we hear and what we see. And uh, there's there's different approaches to that, thinking like, sh- should we should we... Know the, uh, the, um, the story before. Should we have read it before? So we can like, like have an idea of what, where I'm going with this. Cause it's, and it's, it's harder with, with a five piece band. We could do duets and that would change, uh, how we can react to each other's, uh, playing in that. So there's a lot of possibilities with putting that together. But, but of course with the pandemic, it could, didn't happen. We couldn't, uh, do the, uh, lock yourself in the house thing because we were like in lockdown and everything but that was the general idea. And you could do for one thing, you could do live performances with that. And I could go anywhere because all I would need is like a projector with my, my my laptop with the images. And I would go somewhere and find some musicians there and say, you want to, you want to come tonight and just play for my images. That would be, I wouldn't have to have this whole uh, entourage going uh, for for a world tour or something. And nobody knows how to pay for that. That would be really easy. And, um, then I also wanted to do something like a, a folio of two, twelve um, prints that you, which are like uh, what is a four in American and inches? It's like half half of, of thirty by nineteen, something like that.
0: Yeah, like a twelve by eighteen or something.
1: Yeah, it could be. Like I said, that's the the biggest I can print on my Epson is is thirteen by nineteen, and there's like half of that uh, sheet. That's the size I wanted for this folio because it's a perfect size to hold in your hands and look at it and for for like at arm length. That's that's pretty good. Uh, so you have these twelve images and you have a CD or a USB stick, whatever works better, uh, with the recorded uh, story on it and with the improvised music on it. And then you can you can you can uh, combine it whichever way you want. You can you can oh you can read the story because it's printed out and comes with the, with the rest. You can read the story and listen to the music. You can listen to the story and look at the image, and you know you can combine it in whichever way you want, and that makes for it's like you don't look at it once and then it's done and you don't maybe look at it next year again or something. You can do that a lot more because you can combine it in, in any other way. You could even take the 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 uh, stories or music of one of the other 11 prints and try if it works on that one that you're looking at right now, and I thought it was that was pretty neat. <laughs>
0: That sounds like quite the experience. It's it's ah it's, it's it's everything because
1: I I thought like even not only to have this product in in your, life, if your product sounds so cool <laughs> it sounds like, so business like if you have my baby in your hands later on, or if you you're going to that that, that uh, life performance and you, you see how it it's different every night and you you do that uh, I thought that that was pretty cool and, and and you you could have that like an I'm I'm talking to a uh, um um was it's a jazz music school that I wanted to attend when I was young <laughs> here in, in, in the Netherlands and they could have they would give me fresh students every year so I, this could be an ongoing project I could have 12 images for every year and then give me new students and they play for me for this thing I would love that because then it's like usually I'm not so much into projects and I think there's only this one huge project of my life that I'm photographing everything that that, that fascinates me and not like I need a name to, to give this set of images. I don't really like that. But that's the one time I thought like, no, this is a project. I'm going to do this.
0: Well, you started talking a little bit about printing your work. And I think you had mentioned that you like to print your work at smaller sizes, which is a little bit counterintuitive to what I think a lot of people are used to hearing. So (laughs) what, why is it that you have that particular preference?
1: Um, First, I thought it's it's that I'm sugarcoating that I only have this Epson Surecolor P600, <laughs> which only goes to A3+. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I should just say, like, no, no, that's really what I wanted. And not this is only what I could afford. But it's not like that. It's really, uh, for one thing, I saw, you remember these images from Stieglitz's uh, galleries in New York in, like, the American place or something like that? These images there and the, the the even the paintings he brought over <coughs> from Georgia O'Keeffe or he, he brought Picasso over and stuff, they were small. And they were pinned to a they, – they really drove a pin to the thing to hang it on the wall. And I was like, no, my God, <laughs> don't do that to mine. Uh, but they were not framed and they were pretty small. And I was at a Walker Evans uh, uh, um, exhibition here and it was the same thing. They had some that they made later that were huge. But uh, a lot of these were – and that was just the te- technology you had uh, back then, so they were pretty small, and, and I like that. And when when I now like like I said with these these smaller, even smaller ones, the half of the A3, um, it's it's really good for holding that in your hands. If you have had something bigger, you you wouldn't be able. To, you would have to put it down and then step back and look at it. So the idea to look at images not framed behind glass on the wall. But in your hands, and because I, I use Canson paper, like uh, Varita, and the, the surface is really nice. And I'm always thinking, well, why should I put it behind glass and I don't see the surface anymore? And it's not like touching it. Of course, you should have the gloves and you, you can't touch it. But, but it's good enough that you could, like, against the light, you would see the surface. And that makes it so much – it's another aspect. It's, it's, right. it's, you get more out of this whole image thing and looking at it. And it, the other thing is also that if you're closer to that, I always feel that it's more, it's like the person I talked about, the woman that was standing for like half an hour in front of that thing, of that image. Uh, it's more intimate. She was close to that thing. She was looking at, at it, not like in a museum from like two, three meters uh, off the wall. She was standing right in front of the thing. And that is, I think then it's possible, at least I think it's possible, that you get, uh, it's easier to get into a relationship with the image if you're standing close to it or holding it even.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where a really good book. Can can work really well because you kind of have the same experience. Yeah. You know, you're holding it in your hands, and it's tangible, and it's you know, it's it's not like like you said, you're not holding it out in front of you like See? arm length. You know, it's like See, no you, you're, you're doing inches. it
1: already. You're you you're, you're um, comparing the book to the to the image and how to handle that. We were so used to have images on the wall and in a frame and behind glass, and that. And now we're saying why not why not treat an image like a book. Because there's something to read in that thing. It's, it's the same thing. I'm holding it. And maybe I should try hanging the, the, the book on the wall behind glass. Maybe that's an idea, too. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work that good. But it, see, it's the same thing. You're applying the principle of another art form to uh, to photography by saying, why shouldn't I treat the print like a book and hold it and read it? Read an image. I like that.
0: Yeah, I like that, too. <laughs> yeah, I've been starting to print my own stuff. Just I have the same thing. It's a... It's a Canon, but it's yeah. same size, uh, a pl- A3 Plus. Yeah. thing is as big as I can go, but it's not bad. I mean, you know, it's still big the, enough. The, the to... big thing is that –
1: is that a, a canvas or is it a – uh, It's
0: acrylic.
1: Oh, right. So you had that done somewhere.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I tried to do
1: – I have a panorama up here. You probably can't see it. Oh, there. That's pretty wide. Yeah, yeah. That's aluminum, and I also had that done, but that was just – one to get, if I'm if I'm out on an art fair, that thing is good to have outside because it's like catches people's eye and then they get closer and see the rest and that. But I usually, I liked it, I did it once, but now I like the more, um, especially this printing yourself. It's not only to get the thing printed to say like, no, I got, I'm finished, I'm done with that. But also do it yourself. Like, the first couple of times that I had, that, I mean, it's still there, but it wasn't like the magic <laughs> for the first couple of times. When you sit in front of the printer and the thing comes out and you see the first, and you, and you, you're bending down this to to look inside the printer because you can't wait for the thing to come out, it was so amazing, and it still is. And uh, that you you created this. I mean, from start to yeah. that it was you. Know, that is real.
0: yeah. Cool. I just did this one yesterday and it turned out perfect. You know, it's like ah, oh, I love that.
1: <laughs> That's even better if, it, if it's not a coincidence. What comes out? I mean, sometimes coincidence works. It's it's one of the the other. I like these little quotes that that give you food for thought for days. Uh, and it was something like, "Let let serendipity find you." I like that because it's it's, it's it's a lot of times I have images that I have uh, edited and I can't tell you anymore how I did that because <laughs> it's been like years ago and and there was some some uh, uh, Topaz labs filter in it, I think, but I can't remember really. And I don't have the PSD file anymore, so I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's It was something you, you fool around with stuff and then you probably, uh, you, you find something. And it, I, sh- I should have done better to, to really record like how I did that and record in terms of like, I'm writing that down. So I'm really learning that I can use that tool later on. But I have some images really where I just didn't. And it was total coincidence and it came out great and people love them. And I'm like, okay,
0: but I hope I don't lose the file because I wouldn't know how to do it again. Shifting gears a little bit, uh, tell us about your process for self-evaluation when you're out in the field. Well,
1: I'm thinking you're talking about like what What do I think when I'm out in the field taking the pictures? Or what yeah. I, yeah. It's it's really that, that I want to try and not think so much when I'm in a I mean that incorporates of course the the technical part that you should have read the manual that you should should know your your camera so you don't have to think what 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 exposure I'm thinking here, what lens will I use? No, no, it should be the extension of your arm, the extension of your brain, and you just come up with a camera and it's basically all set and poof, you take the image and sometimes I mean lucky enough uh, we like you and me, we usually look at things that don't move that much. So it's it's it, it should be that I'm. I, I, it's it's not the danger that I only have that one shot and then the image is gone. So that's good, but uh, usually, really, in terms of of um, of choosing choosing the, the 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 image, like when I see something, I'm not thinking so much about really. <laughs> it's like I said. I think the the and I'm not the only one. I'm just repeating things here. Like like uh, I think Ernst Haas said something like the best images happen to you. It's uh, it's something that I'm just there to witness that. And if I'm lucky, I'm there to witness something epic, something really great, something that touches me deeply. And when I pull it off then, that sometimes when I look at it, it's going back to the, like you said, going back to the older images. I'm going back to the older images. I'm thinking, why on earth did I think about 5.6 shooting this landscape image? What is wrong with me? <laughs> I was just too stupid at that moment. I'm thinking, I'm so lucky that it kind of works, but it could have been yeah, better. Yeah,
0: I have one like that that I took <laughs> like two years after I got into photography. And I, I photographed this incredible scene at sunrise from the top of a 14,000-foot mountain with dramatic clouds. And I shot it at f4. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it, it's still fine, It's still fine. But like, in fact, I have it right here on my second monitor, yeah. but I mean, it would have looked so much better, at, you know, 14. Yeah, but that, you
1: shouldn't, you shouldn't do that to yourself. It's still, um, and that is, again, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that, that a lot of the stuff I'm saying, I can back up by with quotes by people that are so much more important than me. Uh, something like that. And, uh, and, uh, Technically, imperfect shot with, with meaning and with, with something in it that, that's talking to you is so much better than something that's totally in focus and exposed really well in that but it just doesn't talk to you. So I'm not worried about that. It's, it's just that, of course, I'm beating myself for saying, oh, man, it could have been so much better, but could have been doesn't work for me. So, uh, no, when I'm when I'm out there, I'm really only busy with being open, and hoping to see something. And not about, about I mean, it shouldn't be, uh, it, it shouldn't even be that, it's, it's like in, in meditation or something that you're not supposed to, to uh, or let it, let it put it this way. It works best if you don't ex- expect too much. If you don't even expect to be, to be uh, relaxed or anything. You just don't expect anything. And so everything you get then is, is, is a gift. And it's the same with photography then that I'm going out there. And if, if I would be just expecting, I think I need to find something. I mean, if you go to these places that I, that I see on the picture back there, you don't have to expect. It's just there. It's just epic and the, the landscape is so great. But if I go out here, uh, or yeah, well, anywhere for that matter, I don't expect too much. I, I just have to be open and to be ready when, when there's an image and when it uh, shows up and, uh, then be technically ready with a camera and with a mind that I can actually do this. And that, that's all I need out in the field. And then it's it's something that also came from sometimes it's just single words that I'm thinking about. It's uh, like moment is a word or reality is a word that I'm thinking about when I'm photographing. Because the moment is it's again it's a combination of of what happens in music and what happens in photography. Is that music, especially like improvised music like jazz. It's very much about the moment because it's, I'm there and this other person that I'm playing with is playing something and I'm reacting to this. And that can only happen at that moment, not before and not after. And the same in, in, in photography, you're youth capturing moments. That's all you do, like at a 250th of a second or something. I don't know what defines the moment or how long that is. But you have that one moment you uh, you capture. But then it's interesting that whatever, you, uh, whatever happens after, you capture the moment and the, 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 emotion you, you can get out of yourself then, or the, the, or the viewer, that's going to last forever, maybe, or at least longer than that moment. I find it totally interesting that, uh, this, this whole, uh, concept of time, if you think about that when you're phot- photographing, because you're, that, that was one of the, the aspects that I thought about a lot when I was thinking about combining music and, and, and literature, uh, and photography, that photography was the one thing that didn't move in time. The music did and the text did when you read it, but the the photo wouldn't move at all. And that was something that I kind of thought uh, later on when I, when I do this uh, uh, like a, like a folio thing, um, then I would probably not just have the the photo sitting there because you'd be, you hear the music and you hear the guy uh, uh, reading the story and the photo just sit there. That that wouldn't be good enough. So I'm thinking about doing something like a video thing with the, with parts of the image somehow somehow get the image into or some... like
0: or like the instructions are every 30 seconds look at the next image <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah nah that wouldn't be but it, see that that was uh it wasn't only a problem that i thought is it, is it gonna work like this or do I need to do something else but this 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 the introduction of this that there is a uh this kind of how this is going to work together, something that is moving in time and something that isn't. And we are doing something that isn't moving in time, but it's it's our our existence, our, our whole uh, thinking is always based around time. What is going to happen tomorrow? What am I going to do? Why was last week so bad? And we're constantly thinking about in-time concepts, and we're still doing something that totally has nothing to do with time, only maybe that is stopping it for a moment.
0: As you were talking, I thought of an interesting exercise because you said moment as a concept. And I, I, I wonder what it would be like if every time you went out for the day to make an image, you were trying to capture a different concept. Like you said moment, but maybe the next concept is uh, abstraction or maybe the next concept you focus on is patterns or maybe another one is beauty or. Yeah, ugliness or contrast or whatever. Like, only go out looking for those ideas. I wonder if that would change what you found interesting.
1: I don't think it would change. What I like is again, the like guy said it before. I like it when you have something very small in terms of the idea or like describing this idea. or talking about you, just talking about single words here. But if you ponder, you can you can like Edward Weston when he did clouds. He said like I could do clouds for ages. Because there is this endless stuff in there. And you would think, but it's just a cloud. What is that? But it's, you know, there's so much possibility in there. And I could imagine that if you go out there and, and you say like, I mean, you're limiting yourself, but you can do that. I mean, you're, why not for a day? I, I wouldn't mind that. But even just say, I'm looking for, for beauty or something that, that's even harder is, is a beauty is something, it can be something visual. But if you're talking about like, I want to go out and fo- fo- take photographs of time would right. be kind of harder because that's not a visual concept, not really right. you could see you could maybe uh, uh, photograph DK or something, and then it's like this is in the realm of time, so I'm talking about something that's close to it. it, but it's not exactly, but the good thing is that even if you're not coming up with any images, you've been running around the whole day thinking about one word and how you could express that, and you probably had some ideas, even if you couldn't successfully create something well at least you maybe you thought about it and get close. We had something like this, and I have this. I have this. This little group of we're four, uh, two, two people from the United States, one from Ireland, and me, and we met on on uh, uh, conversations by John Conicello. He did this con- uh, Conicello's conversation for pff, a year in the pandemic, I think, just inviting uh, photographers, and, and they had a conversation like like we did. So showing the images because it was on, on Zoom and. We met there and we get together and we, we talk about these kind of things all the time. And, uh, one of them, Joe, uh, Yano from, from Seattle, he, he showed me an image that was, uh, uh, the, the, the rear part of a dog from, from like up. Obviously he was walking the dog and the dog was a little bit ahead and he photographed that from up here, from like where he was looking down on the dog. And you see, uh, uh, the, the, um, uh, uh the street, the surface, the asphalt or whatever it was, a stone or some stone plates or whatever behind it. And and first you think, well, either you can look at it and say, Oh, that's really artsy. If you just give me the story now that explains me, why is that a good image? Or we came up that we, with this concept that we said, this is like a lost moment because it's, I, I have dogs too. Or, I had dogs, no, it's only one. And I totally know that, uh, Looking down at my dog when we were walking, I'm just looking down to see how he's doing, what he's doing, why is he running ahead or something. So I saw that picture like a million times when I walked my dog. And the thing is that it's it's so common that you don't care to photograph it because why would you? It's so mundane. It's something that you see every day, and that's why I thought it's a lost moment. Nobody documents that moment because everybody thinks it's not worth it. I see it every day, but seeing that what he did and thinking I saw the same thing with my dog then we had a connection. Maybe it wasn't the, it's not the the most exciting thing. I saw the same thing with my dog. <laughs> of course, it's not like you wouldn't win any prize with that, but it's a lost moment. It's something that you wouldn't document. It's like when I I, I tried this with other things in my house, so really the, all the mundane stuff you see in your house, not everything, but uh, things that people can relate to and can really say, yes, I saw this too a thousand times. It's not great, but it if you think about it, it's, uh, uh it's all these moments that that we waste in our life because we didn't do it, it mindfully. We walked that dog, but we never thought about.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the dog. So, so what?
1: <laughs> it's it's a moment in your life, and it's it's lost because you didn't document it. Never, never it's thought like
0: about it. In five years, the dog is gone, and you miss your dog, and yeah, you miss your dog. And all these,
1: in all, every moment, not only the moment where you petted him or he was really nice to you, also in the moment where you just walked him and looked down at him to see what he's doing. Right. That's the moment you don't get back. Right. So it's all these. Yeah. It's it's not so much, I, I wouldn't. It's not a great concept. I won't write a book about it. But it's again. It's this thing. Think about what you're doing. Be 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 there when you're doing it. And there might actually be something worth uh, uh, relating to, worth thinking about, and maybe at some point you you get something out of that that you can put in your photography and in your own personal development.
0: All right. Well, tell our listeners about uh, the workshops that you have coming up. Oh we're like I said, this uh
1: this 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 group we had uh with the, the, the Irish woman and the the two Americans. Uh because we thought that this this whole you mean like I mean like from the the, the quotes I'm quoting with Ansel Adams and Weston and and, and Ernst Haas and the woman I've got the name about. And there's a, a ton more. You, there's there's so much good stuff. Like Vincent Versace has a lot of quotes in his books. And they're really good ones, but that relate to, to uh, practicing and art and whatever. Um, so uh, it's all there. It's it's not like something we invented now or I invented, uh, but it's I think it's neglected. It's people are like, uh, you could, if you look at uh, YouTube, which is, I mean, I like downloaded half of YouTube when I started out just to learn how uh, all of this works and and uh, uh, you you find a lot about uh, Photoshop techniques and 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 camera and lenses and stuff and all this, but not so much about really what like what we just talked about stuff like that. And I think that's uh, that's very underrated because it's it can do so much for you without even paying anything. It's not like you not done not going to need the Z nine Nikon whatever and spend a break the bank and have to explain your wife why you won't eat warm food for the next half year or something. It's, it's nothing like that. It's it's just try something else. Try thinking differently. Try to be open. It doesn't cost you anything. It can do so much for you. So we were thinking uh, we want to do something like uh, it's not so much a workshop. We could call it retreat. And we're we're starting this uh, this summer. We are getting together in in a. <laughs> We found this great little village in, in southern France, which are like twenty-four people in there or something, and it's at the end of a, uh, of a of a valley. So there's no um, no passing through traffic. You you go there to that village or you don't. So nobody else is coming through that, that valley there. And so it's a place very remote. And at night you only hear a creek and the birds, and that's all you get. It's very very relaxing, and it comes down, and it, it just makes you. Uh, when I got there first, I thought like I'm gonna run through all of the neighboring uh, valleys and I'm gonna do like 15,000 images in the two weeks that I'm here. But after the second day there, you're like, no, nah, I won't. <laughs> it's not that you're getting lazy, but it's it's you get more relaxed about it. You're you're not under pressure so much anymore. I, when I come back, I told people I'm going to South of France. I need to come back with something that shows I was there. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's totally not like that, and that is an experience that we'd like people to have. That they uh, that they shouldn't let them get get themselves under pressure like that. And in a in a in a setting like that, then we're going to talk about things that, like we talked about today, uh, how all this this uh, these thoughts you can you could have, and that you should uh, uh, evaluate for yourself whether that works for you. Because because all of this is it's nothing like again, like I said. It's nothing that I think uh you should just incorporate in what you do one for one. you can't just say, Oh, okay, I'm just gonna copy that and that that's good enough for me. The thing is you have to find out because I did the same thing. It's it's not like like I copied uh, all of this from and, and from, from Ansel Adams' biography and say like whatever he said, uh I'll subscribe to that. That's it's not like that, because he's a different person, totally. And I'm not competing with him <laughs> also. At any uh, at any rate but um if if we can make people the thing is just really to make people think and have their own thoughts and 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 find something in there that is that's another word that's very interesting uh uh when it comes to photography is reality reality is is what you believe is real to you and you agree on with the society because it would would be kind of strange or they would uh, send me to the to the nut house or something if i uh, uh say like no this is real and my reality looks so much different than yours people would think i'm weird but it's the reality really is is the stuff you believe in and then agree in a in a in a society uh on and and it's but it's still when when we're talking about photography like going back of course with black and white with it, the way it all started and what it, what is mostly what i'm doing um of course, it's not real. Nothing is black and white. We all know that, but it's an, uh, for me, it's a reality because, because it's my interpretation of what I, uh, what I saw. It's, it's more like, uh, that you should photograph not so much what it looked like, but it, what it felt like. And so like the, the black and white works in that, in that way for me. And that's something like these ideas, something like that, that you can then, uh, apply in a way that suits you. That's something we want to, uh, Come across uh, want to uh, talk to people about that. We take on these world yeah retreats, not workshops. I love it.
0: I love it. And and lastly, who would you recommend our listeners learn more about? Um, first is definitely Harold Davis because he was
1: uh, he has a lot of um, you can look for him on, on YouTube. Uh, he was my mentor for quite a while, and uh, I, I got attracted because he was the first person. That I heard in the presentation at, I think at B&H or something. And he was talking about Zen and meditation. I was like, wait a second. What are you talking about? It's, uh, that in connection with photography, I found that very interesting. And he's such a nice guy. And he has a lot of stories. And, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's totally also into this. Although he's just now he's mostly into, he's doing, um, flowers on, on light boxes and stuff like that. When he's featured on actually on two, um, American stamps right now. Uh, I don't know whether that's a big honor, but it's it, it sounded like something. Uh, so they would just uh, uh, put out. And um, then I have Michael Newler. He was, uh, if you remember, the Explorers of Light. That was a program that Canon had. I think ten twenty have years. They, ago. they still have it. They still have it. I think they they re revived that it was uh, but, but it's definitely not with him anymore he uh uh in, not well not invented but he I, I think he had the the general idea and then he got all these uh, people together i think it was the 70s and um it was a who uh, who is who of, of photography at the time and it was a really great problem they they traveled the country and taught people about uh photography and that it must have been really cool of course i wasn't around back then <laughs> But he's a great guy. He's, uh, I don't know exactly how old he is right now, but it's, it's like, man, he has so many stories. He's so great. And he is To to I mean, with, with me, it's, I have these ideas now, but he can look back at all these centuries and can really tell you something about what, what happened to photography, where it went from, where it started from Not nothing as he started. He wasn't around in the 1900s. He's not that old. But anyway, he's a great guy. Fun too. And Jeff Shuey, he was, um, if you read his, his books uh, he, he's a totally uh, Thomas Knoll fan uh, the guy who kind of made Photoshop started it and he was also uh, I think one of the the main testers actually they they started the whole Lightroom project where Lightroom wasn't even called Lightroom at his house and they had this first meeting there talking about like how could, how could we do something like this have a program that manages uh, images and also you can have a raw editor in there and he's totally – if you if knew anything, if I have something in Photoshop that I forgot and don't know about, I can mail him and ask him because he, he knows all that stuff. But he also has – he was a commercial photographer in Chicago for a long time, so he has a lot of stories too. And the last is something uh, – uh, something. Someone I only learned recently about uh, Huntington Witherell. I think he's from California too. And he does also black and white with totally interest in me. When I saw his images, it's, it's it, they had a really – uh, a lot of them look like etchings. It's, it has this 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 quality to them. And I was then I was of course interested in like how we do that. And he's that kind of guy. He's like I don't care about the latest technology. And he has all this old stuff. And he's so he's putting out this really high quality stuff. And and gives you but, but still tells you, you you don't need the latest technology for that. Of course not. I mean everything we have probably is better than anything Ensel Adams ever had. But uh, some people just think it's not good enough. You have to have the latest M1 Apple chip, and what? What do I know of this? Well, he's he's not a subscribing to that, and has also also he has thirty forty years or something of photography under his belt, so he could tell you something about that too.
0: Awesome! Those are great recommendations. I appreciate it, and uh, Holger, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: I think so. <laughs> yes, I like it too, and. Uh... Yeah, what is it now? Oh, yes, it's it's longer than I thought. It, does, it doesn't feel like that. It's always <laughs> I have that feeling when I when I was when I was uh, when we play with a band or something, and you get on stage and you're like nervous, and then you think, oh man, I'm not going to go through that. Is something's going to go wrong? And later, and you, you come back, you just turn around and do it again. But it, it always feels like again, that's the concept of time totally doesn't work here. It didn't. It didn't feel that uh, that long. I know. I get it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: awesome. Well, thanks to Holger for joining me on the podcast today for a chat. I had a great time. If you too enjoyed our chat today, you can catch our bonus episode over on Patreon, where Holger and I talk about practicing photography without a camera, something he does every day. To listen, just head over to patreon.com forward slash fstop and listen, or check for a link in the show notes. Before we part ways, I wanted to let listeners know about an exclusive offer made available only to you. We've partnered with Nature Photographers Network, the internet's premier landscape and nature photographers website, and it's chock full of articles and engaging forums dedicated to our craft and art form. NPN is now offering podcast listeners a free 30-day trial to the platform, plus 20% off their first year of membership. Also, included with your membership are discounts to all kinds of things that you're probably already looking at buying, so it's really worth it. Just head over to naturephotographers.network forward slash or find a link in the show notes to get started with your free trial today. Next up on the podcast, we have Simon Baxter, a woodlands photographer and YouTube sensation who was a pure delight to record with, so don't miss that one. Okay. That's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us, and listening. See you next week.